Hi, I'm Rahat. Hi, I'm Hassan. And you're listening to Tech for Humans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Tech for Humans. My name is Rahat, and today we've got Giovanni Hernandez with us. Giovanni, can you take a second to introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, um, my name is Giovanni Hernandez. I'm the development manager for the Code Cooperative. Um, I'm also a public speaker and a criminal justice reform advocate. Formerly incarcerated myself and just um, was able to, you know, fortunately attend uh, a college program in prison, which really changed my life and, and the direction in which I was going. And um, ever since being released three and a half years ago, I've just really been working at like nonprofits doing. Um, so before this, I was at a bail fund, um, serving as a case manager, helping get resources for the individuals that we were bailing out. Um, you know, just being through the system, realizing like how many obstacles were really in our way just like the education I got there made it, it may be able to like identify these things has made you know serving you know the people my people uh, a, a mission of mine and a passion and so like you know I come to cooperative with that and I just love our mission I love you know Alex's um, belief that you know tech should be more diverse um, and that if there's so many benefits the tech you know the tech uh, industry offers individuals that you know those who who are, have been most marginalized and probably need the, those access to those benefits the most. Um, and just like creating pathways for that to happen um, has just been really, uh, you know, a goal of hers and a goal of the, the organizations. And just, you know, I wholeheartedly believe in that mission. And, you know, I came into this work just like wanting to help her do that. That's awesome. No, that's really inspiring story. Um, can you give us, I guess, a little bit of a rundown on what Code Cooperative does overall? Um, so what we do is we essentially try to, you know, and it's a very general statement, you know, we create opportunities for individuals who've been impacted by incarceration in the tech industry, right? And what that means is, you know, what we're, we, we do whatever we can to facilitate either, you know, people are learning about tech, people being able to work in tech, people, uh, you know, even the tech industry being open to hiring people who have um, formed, you know, incarcerated back, uh, uh, criminal backgrounds. Um, and so like, what we do is we provide lots of free tech ed to people who have been formerly incarcerated. We do um, a mini boot camp, which is 16 weeks, free of cost. Um, we provide laptops for those who don't have them, and we cover travel costs. We provide people with metro cars to get to and from wherever the location that we're holding the program is. Usually it's like a host organization or some set location that we've been able to like, um, either rent out or they just, you know, they letting loaning us the space for those 16 weeks. Um, and it's uh, 12 hours a month, 12 hours a week. Um, we have mentor, our mentors are professional software engineers who volunteer to come um, and just work with our students. And, we, you know, we go through everything from H, we go through HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, which are like, you know, the really base languages of creating website. And uh, students, you know, and our fellows uh, for that program end the program by doing group projects, which could be like websites or little app-based ideas. Um, you know, solving some problem that they identify. You know, lots of times we find that the fellows are usually identify problems, problems that uh, directly impact like their communities and try to solve. So this past cohort um, came up with an idea to create sort of like a civil service locator, which would basically be, you know, if once someone were in distress, right, going whether it be like a mental, having a mental health issue or someone, or you saw someone having a mental health issue, you could go on there and locate someone who was uh, certified as a, maybe a violence interrupter or a counselor 
who's um, on basically on call, who's like re registered there on call, and you can locate them, and they'll come to you know come to take you know basically handle the situation before it escalates into something else. Um, and you know, I thought that was just like a really nifty way of just like solving a problem of like maybe not involving you know a, a police department official, you know, maybe not, not involving the police in a situation that could be handled maybe through a conversation with someone who knows how to handle it. Right, so maybe from the community who has relationships with the people, um, and so that's just like the, the types of ideas that come out of this, right? That, um, that are cultivated from these people, so like realizing what they can do once they learn, you know, uh, of the languages and like uh, uh, how to, you know, how to make, how to create things. Um, so uh, we do that. We do one-on-one -on -one mentorships with uh, professional uh, software engineers who are, you know, all volunteer, and you know that schedule looks more, those schedules are more based on like, you know, the those individuals, uh, other schedules, right? They, they figure out how often they want to meet up, but they, you know, they go through a process and like, that is, you know, basically, um, like I'm, I have a mentor because right now, right? I'm also a, a fellow, right? I, I came into a cooperative uh, through fellowship. I was in 2019 fellow, I went through the program. And then when I was, you know, looking for, um, to hire someone, she wanted to hire a fellow she wanted to hire someone who was in the program, um, and I was just all in, man. The program was too dope for me to not like put my hat into that. Um, and so the one-on-one -on -one, the one -on -one mentorships are more just like you know helping individuals who sort of transition either transition out of like the fellowship to continue that learning and figuring out like have some guidance, right? We don't you know like people know how to learn. We leave in the program and like know how to do these things, but like it's always great to have sort of someone who has like a sort of expertise to sort of guide you through, you know, tech, because a lot of times tech is just like really complicated, um, especially coming into it um, from maybe not a traditional background, right? Maybe you didn't go to school for, for computer science. And so like a lot of it is still a mystery to you, even if you, even if you did through, go through our program. Um, um, right now, what um, I'm actually been spearheading and working on, and we should have another one in the next couple of weeks, are virtual workshops. You know, given the COVID-19 process, we didn't want to continue this, like, abandon our community, because it's really a community we really, like, you know, a lot of the fellows um, are, you know, from my experience, like, I'm really close to them, right? Like, I've been in 16 weeks trying to learn something that we didn't learn, and it's, you know, it's encouraged to be more collaborative to where it, they, I was encouraged to, you know, basically lean on my fellows for help more, just as much as I leaned on my mentors, right? And so, like, we really collaborated in that, in that way. Um, a lot of the, you know, fellows ended up being my friends. And so, it's great to just have these virtual workshops where when we, when we can see each other, but continue to learn, continue that process of just like, you know, um, learning what we, you know, uh, and building on what we learned during the, the fellowship. Um, we had one a couple of weeks ago given by one of our former uh, mentors on um, basically uh, other functionality to CSS, what other things you can do with CSS that you don't typ you typically um, don't assume with CSS or you aren't, well, we didn't learn in the, like our foundation CSS class, um, which was super cool. Um, and the next one we'll have, we have a next one coming up on model view controllers, which, which will, um, uh, will serve as a, pre a prerequisite for a workshop series of three workshops following that one. Um, so we're really just trying to like continue to like serve the community and, and you know, provide people with the opportunities to learn. Um, we're also currently building the agency, which would be like a freelance uh, contractor um, agency where we are we, we essentially are partnering with organizations who are looking to outsource some of their tech tech needs um and then plugging in our fellows and the people who are qualified to do these jobs 
with these opportunities, right? There are paid opportunities, there are with actual organizations and tech companies, um, and there are things that you can build, you, you can build, you put on your resume and build that out, right? Um, and establish also establish relationships and establish relationships with these companies, right? So it's just, we're continuing to try to facilitate this contact between these two groups that essentially uh, don't have as much contact as they should be having. You mentioned um, a lot about the mentorship. I had a question um, mm -hmm. for the mentorships. Do your fellows still have access to them after the boot camp ends? I know it's very difficult to continue learning once you kind of lose that classroom setting. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. So um, we're all like on the same Slack channel, right? Like we're all like I, I DM some of our mentors just because I have like friendships with them now, right? Like I'm just like, hey, how's it going? I hope everything's cool. How's your dog? Um, cause I love dogs and like, so we, we, we might, we bonded over dogs. Um, so they're like, Hey, how's your dog? Um, so like, it's really, um, access, um, you do continue to have these uh, access with those people who that you do, you did build relationships with. Um, and if you want to continue to learn, you know, it's, it, you can navigate that, you can negotiate that, or you can come to us and seek another mentor, um, you know, and like once basically the one-on-one -on -one mentorships are less hands-on for us and more so like, you know, here are two people who are look, you know, once someone's looking to, to for a mentee, someone's looking for a mentor, and we connect them, um, you know. And if things work out, then they, ha you know, they create a schedule, they create a game plan for how to go through. And if there any, if there are any other needs, then you know they reach out to us and we facilitate that. How do you guys um, scout out mentors, or how do some, how can someone become a mentor for the cooperative? Um, well, um, on our site, we have or we have a site for volunteers, people who are interested in volunteering. Um, a lot of our mentors come from, from, you know, word of mouth. So they're friends of other mentors who've mentored and been like, oh, man, I just that was really dope. And their friends are like, you know what? I want to I want to try that. I want to look into that. Um, um, there are a lot of like Alex's, uh, you know, initially there were like a lot of Alex's contacts from the tech industry. She was, she was a former software, uh, software engineer, made it to like a high level in where she was working. Um, and so like has a lot of contacts, has a lot of friends in the tech industry. Um, and so like at, at this point, it's just become a matter of like, where am I? We have a list of over, I'm honestly going to say roughly 100, 150 um, oh, wow. people who've like, over the who, who've like said like they've interested in volunteering um to do so sort of either whether it's uh do a um, be a mentor be a one-on-one -on -one mentor uh provide other so, sort of support um so there are people really interested um in the mentorship and like a lot of it is just word of mouth just finding out about the program hearing about the great experience that like their friend has had and going and like wanting to figure you know wanting to see what that's like for them to, um you know sort of like wanting to explore that awesome uh, you mentioned Alex. Um, Alex is the founder, correct? Yes, Alex Chin is the founder um, of the Code Cooperative. Um, she is a, a, a software engineer by profession and was doing this by herself up until this year, actually. Um, myself and, and the uh, operations manager, Army, uh, Army um, or were her first two hires she was she had so she had been doing this for three years alone um you know not taking a salary um just you know because she believed in the mission um and started with uh giving just like basic computer classes from you know computer coding classes at the fortune society um and then you know it just grew from that it grew from the you know her uh, experience there with the individuals um 
and her seeing like the need for something like this. Um, and she continued to do it. She hosted uh, three fellowships and now we're actually a team of four now. Um, <clears throat> we have another individual who came on, Roberto, who's been super uh, integral with helping us uh, build out this agency um, to get people, you know, actual paid, you know, jobs, um, actual paid work in the tech industry. So Alex Chen is uh, really the soul of the co-cooperative, if I might, if I might say. She's like, she, you know, the way she's able to speak about, you know, the co-cooperative's mission, you know, because it's her mission, it's, it's you know, it, it's hard not to, it's hard not to buy into it, you know? Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier as well that you were a 2019 Code um, Cooperative Fellow. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Oh, man, I'm going to, you know, so I find myself um, in my last job, I worked for a bail fund, and last year, New York State passed the bail reform, right? It was something we had been fighting for for years, um, you know, advocating for for years, and it, like, happened. It wasn't the perfect, you know, it wasn't the perfect uh, legislation that we would have hoped for, but it was better than nothing, right? You know, it's better than keeping people inside because they were poor and couldn't afford to pay money um, to get out. Um, and so, but one of the things that occurred with that is, you know, there was less work for our organization, so our organization essentially like downsized and had to let go a lot of um, a lot of people, um, myself included. And so I found myself in a place where I'm just like, you know, what am I going to do next? You know, like what's my next job? Uh, when you know, where do I go from here? And I've always been interested in, in tech. Um, I started learning code while I was incarcerated, actually, um, and then just like thought that it was just an opportune time to sort of get back into it. Why not, right? Um, Reached out to a friend of mine who who's a software engineer who I was incarcerated with, uh, Caesar, uh, or now Caesar, and he told he he's a friend of Alex and he told me about the co-op and told me to look into it. So I, I you know I went on the site, I applied. I was like, hey, you know this looks cool. I applied. It was free. It's like why not? You know I looked into boot camps. They're all like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Like I can't afford that, and yeah. you can't work, and then you cannot work, yeah. right? And then you can't work. So how am I supposed to like afford this and live um, during that time? So it just seemed like the most convenient thing for someone in my situation. Um, I went there, a little hesitant, not sure what to expect. Um, you know, a bunch of people I don't know. A lot of you know, a lot of us come from like being incarcerated or being or certain traumatic backgrounds where like trust is a really big th you know trust is a really big thing in the beginning. And like I you know I walk into a space of people I don't know, and it's just like you know I, I, I'm not there. You know, like it, it's there's still a wall. It's always like that, and for some people, um, and so. After like the first two, three classes, I just found myself like no longer feeling like there was a wall. I found myself really comfortable with, you know, the co-cooperative really does a great job cultivating in a space where you can learn, right? And part of being one part of learning, especially for individuals who have traumatic backgrounds, is being able to feeling like you can be vulnerable enough to learn, right? To ask questions, right? To not feel stupid if you don't understand something and you have to ask you know to explain that again one more time right like in the co-cooperative does a great job facilitating that environment where you're not, never going to feel stupid if you don't get something the first two or three times right where it's always just like i bet you know what if you don't get it like this let me you know let's see if someone else can explain it to you a little differently um that's all let's all three tag team this explanation um and it was just that thing where I, you know i really dug the vibe i really dug how it was you know Initially, people, a lot of these people I probably would never have been friends with or, um, and became like my brothers. Like, they became my, especially in my group, like, those are my, those are my guys. Like, we were really close um, and figuring things out. And it's just been, it became a great time. I looked forward to Saturdays, right? I look forward to spending five hours of my Saturday 
Like, no, no lie, from like 11, um, what is it, 11 to 2, from 11 to 2, um, there with these guys, right, learning the code, my Saturday, right, and like that became a thing, and I, you know, because I like learning, but learning isn't always easy, right, you know, certain things can sort of get in the way, and the cooperative does a great job of like getting some of those things out of the way so that you can learn. What was like your, um, your favorite project that you worked on? During your fellowship there was really only one major project um i think and which was my favorite thing to work on it was it was it was sort of a director we were looking for ways to find all the different resources that the cooperative had found that worked for our class in one place so that other people who came after us could just like access it all in one place and i have to go through all oh, the you great. know the hours of google that's searching awesome. that, that we'd gone through right um and so we started that and we have like a base framework for that um but never, you know, the, the fellowship ended and never pursued it. But I, you know, I still think that that's a great idea is to have something where like people, open source, where like people, like the next fellowship can can add to that and say like, you know what, these resources were great for us too. Let's con let's add that into that. Um, and that like, it just continues to grow and become this thing that works for people, right? Um, in particular, people who come from where we come from, right? Like it, it, some, some things may be like, it just, this is more digestible than something else and it just works. Um, and so like that was my favorite project was really the only project, but it was like something that I thought was a really dope idea. Yeah, it definitely sounds amazing. Um, so going back to another one of the things you mentioned, um, you said that Code Cooperative was launching like an agency. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us like kind of how that works? Um, what kind of companies that you're able to work with through there? Okay. Um, so we're still in talks with companies. Um, it's looking very promising. I mean, you know, given the COVID-19 thing, things are a little bit difficult, but there is, there isn't, there isn't an automatic no. It's not an automatic like, oh no, right? We're having conversations with people. We know where it's like, you know, in the, in the near future, or even some people are just like, actually, you know, we're, we have so much work that, you know, we're constantly looking to outsource this thing. Like, we're, let's talk about this more. Um, and so we're looking for a lot of like, you know, um, nonprofit um, social justice. We're reaching out to like our partners, the people that we know, like a lot of nonprofit social justice organizations um, and tech companies. That's really who we're reaching out to are like non uh, like nonprofits um, that may have maybe have like some sort of digital platforms or something that they use and that could use, you know, some sort of assistance or have like little minor projects, whether it's like website building or, or, or um, maybe like a data project. Um, so we're really just trying to establish these relationships and get the ball rolling um, so that those individuals who are in a community who have reached, who are, are ready for this, right, who are, who are ready to do these jobs can have access to these jobs, right? Like it's not necessarily easy, especially when you're like on your own, right? It's always, it's always better like, you know, to have people vouching for you or sort of like doing some of the legwork for you. And so that's what we're trying to like provide that's what the agency is. It's an outlet for individuals who are who are ready to work in the industry and like sort of start getting some experience, so that you know they can build a resume that can lead them to that great job in like a, a, a Google or a Facebook or, or you know a Twitter or something, a Slack. Um, and so we've been work. That's that's the agency. The agency is just the place for individuals to come get paid work. Um, you know, to be able to like make money with the skills that we're providing them because that's a, at the end of the day you know we're providing people skills for them so that they'd be able to use them right yeah 
That's we awesome. Have, sorry. And opportunities aren't always easy to, to easy or, or readily available for people who have been like marginalized. A lot of boot camps just kind of like teach you stuff, and then you're kind of like left to go out into the wild. Um, I really love your approach of like actually trying to get people, you know, in and doing the actual work, get paid for it. That's absolutely awesome. And another thing I wanted to add on top of that, uh, you mentioned earlier about the previous cohort that did a final project by finding silver servants nearby. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that experience is great. Um, a lot of companies, you know, they mo- mostly hire college students, right? They don't have that background. They don't have a different um, way of solving problems. So like when you introduce like, hey, we have people that have a different insight and probably know about problems you guys don't even know yet, th- that gives companies opportunities to, you know, tackle new business mm-hmm. or come up with a very creative solution. And I think that's great that you're, guys are creating this agency to get people out there yeah and you know it's because you know it's like uh, you know and it's not it isn't a new idea like we all it's it, it's common sense that like some you know you know people most equipped to do you know to deal or provide solutions for some you know for some of the problems out there are the ones who are most who are like in the problem who are like really directly impacted by the problem they know the most exactly. like yeah. we know what what things are like wrong like you know how i you know what things might work better um and so like you know just to provide individuals who come from this place with the skills to tackle those problems in different ways, right? Just creates a whole new outlet, creates, an, you know, like, you know, the potential for the solutions coming out of, the, uh, uh, of like, programs like this are, are endless, right? We just provide, you know, people, like, and, and I see it, like, I was in the class and I saw people sort of just, like, putting together things like, oh, like I could do this with code and then saying like, oh, if I could do this with code, then I could make this idea that I've had for so long manifest. They're like, and I just need to figure out how to do that. And so now they're like, how do I learn how to do this? You know, they're asking their mentors, like, you know, outside of the classroom program, like, how do I learn how to do this too, though? Um, and, you know, and just seeing that, just seeing like their imagination go when they're realizing like, you know, do you know, there's a, you know, do you know there's a certain understanding in like, how you know in, in coding or just like how you know what you can do with it mm. and then you're like oh if i can do this with it that means i could definitely do this i just have to figure out how to do it so um for someone who wants to i guess apply to the program uh what's kind of like your admissions process like how can they um uh, admission, join like a future cohort oh admissions is super easy you um you you apply through the site um you have like a little google form ask you a few questions basic information Ask a bit, you know, a bit about like your incarceration. I'm not, not necessarily like details about your incarceration. We don't ask like crime or anything. Um, we just like, you know, were you incarcerated or or directly impacted um, by the you know criminal justice system in any way? And that could be anything like you've been on probation. Um, you know that you know we really try. We're not we're trying we're not trying to necessarily draw a line. We're like you qualify and you don't qualify. You know, we, we believe that like incarceration impacts a lot of people in a lot of different ways, right? Mass incarceration has impacted so many people um, and not necessarily direct. And maybe you not have been incarcerated, but maybe your, your, your father has been incarcerated and like, you know, your experience is much different, right? Because of that, because like right. maybe you have to like, have to go to prison to visit him. You've had to been on bus trips. You you know, you have to like, your relationship with your father might be through letters and not through, like, through, through phone calls rather than like in person. And like, that's a very unique experience for you. Um, you know, I, I speak to that because I know my, my dad in nine years when I was a kid and like, you know, in, in Florida, and it's like all I had were, you know, letters every couple of months, you know, if that. 
Um, and so like you just apply online, you know, to be a typical Google form, you'll have uh, following that you'll be reached out for a phone interview. It's just a really quick um, interview. We don't, you know, we're not asking you about like, oh, can you code that, you know, we, we assume no tech back, you know, no tech experience. Um, and we just, you know, we're just basically just want to have a conversation with you and actually go questions, let you know, you know, the, the times. Would you be able to make make it on Saturdays from this time to this time? Because because that's what the classes are and the other, you know what I mean. Um, and then following that, you'll have an in-person interview. And so like our last part, where it started at about I think eighteen people, um, and we oh, finished wow, with, when we sense. finished with fourteen. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of people because of personal problems and things, just like had to fall, had to drop out of the program. Um, but we finished with a strong 14 people, and it was a great set. We celebrated it. We have like a, a, a showcase at the end of the year where people sort of present their projects. Um, we had like a little talent portion. We have you know some talented individuals, some you know a, a pianist. We have a, a really talented rapper, a poet. Like it was really dope. I know people, um, and it was just a fun time, great experience. You know, a fun celebration of just like people's heartbreak after the 16 weeks. Is there a, a specific curriculum you have set up for the fellowships, or because you mentioned like you already assume someone has no coding background? So yeah. What we, do you guys do to get them up to speed? So um, no, we just start from the base. Like or the the very first class is literally like an explanation of like what is code, right? Like we we start off with easily just like we have that conversation of what is code because a lot you know to demystify it, right? A lot of people to understand code as like the matrix. You know what I mean? <laughs> all, come, you know, all those numbers and stuff coming down. And like, for, and, and I get that, right? Like I was there one time. Like, I was like, shit, code sounds like some super, like making a computer work, do things. Like, that sounds super complicated for someone who doesn't understand the concept. And so we start, we start with that conversation of what is code and build out from that, you know, into like basic, like your first, you know, like, hello world page, right? Your first like message. And we go through this curriculum of like doing HTML, um, CSS, and then building into like a little bit of JavaScript, um, but ha and having like workshops in the middle of that of like different things. Um, you know, the workshops that sort of build on these ideas that we're working on. Um, that are, you know, and these workshops, the, uh, no, presentations actually, I should call them presentations, not so much workshops, are, are um, put together by our mentors, right? So the mentor, each week, so a mentor will present something on, you know, what we're, what we're studying for that class, right? And then we'll spend the rest of the class sort of going through it in our individual groups um, with our mentors. So like, and like the last class, I had three mentors in my group of like four or five people, right? Huh? Like a three to five mentor, like the ratio was like the amount of help that we were getting, like you could basically get individualized attention the entire time. Yeah. Right, it's like so. It's like you can like. It's really you're not you're not there for self, right? We're not stock sink or swim. Like you, you're you're there. You're supported. Like people are there to help you, and we're making sure of that. Nice. Um, so yeah, you mentioned like you had, you know, a lot a lot of different mentors in mm -hmm. your cohort. Um, like how many mentors are usually assigned to like a full cohort? We had about ten mentors for 14 people, for, for 18 people. That's amazing. Right, we had, like I said, we had exactly 10 mentors. And I think one, we had one mentor like toward the end of the end of the program because of personal reasons had to, but like 10 mentors like throughout the, for most of the program for, you know, 18 people is like tons of support. Like, so, you know, there, it, 
I don't know. I, I, I loved the experience. I loved having like all my mentors were super dope. They were super cool people, like very different in, in very unique ways, but just like made my experience all the more, more, all the more fun. And just like, I got, you know, different perspectives on like the same thing sometimes, which really helped, right? Like having like different explanations and like if one explanation didn't work for me, someone else could come and be like, how about, how about this? And then be like, oh, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? And having access to those different perspectives is really great. That vast knowledge. What are some ways I guess people can contribute aside from becoming a mentor? Um, well, as always, we're a nonprofit. You could donate. You could donate money through our site. Um, you could donate a laptop. We're always taking um, laptops, um, preferably um, MacBooks, uh, because it's just easier to have everyone. We we start like. Like MacBooks are like what we, we, we have in stock and it's just easier if everyone works on the same type of computer. Um, but yeah, donating laptops, if, if like you or maybe your, your tech department has laptops and like the closet somewhere that the interns maybe use one time and like they're gathering dust in the closet as most tech companies do, you know, we, we're always glad to take them. Um, we gift our laptops to our, our, our individuals at the end of the program, right? Our laptops, the people, you know, it, it makes no sense if we give you the skills, loan you the laptop for the duration of the program to build these skills and then like say, hey, can we have our laptops back? And like, and you don't actually have your own, right? It's just like, how, how you know, how, how am I gonna continue this, right? Um, and so we gift our laptops to our fellows at the end of the program as sort of just like a thank you and like, you know, so they can continue to engage and continue to grow and continue to learn. Um, and so you can donate that. It, it, word of mouth, you can speak to your friends, you can, uh, you know, uh, uh, repost, uh, follow us, um, you know, just like really um, anything you can do to sort of like spread the word about the co-cooperative, um, you know, inform people about what we do, um, or just always donate or just donate money. Um, it doesn't always have to be, you know, time or your laptops uh, and anything, actually, anything else. So we usually like to wrap up with like a catch-up session. Um, what have you been up to outside of Code Cooperative, or what would you have liked to do if we oh. weren't stuck inside? Oh well, um, so I'm continuing to learn. So I, I actually enrolled in uh, Columbia's uh, has a, the um, Center for Justice has a Justice Through Code uh, boot camp, which is Python and data analysis. So I've been doing that since February, and like you know, give, it was in person. It started in person, and like we just moved virtually, and so like. We're at, we're in the at the end of that where I'm working on my final project for that. Um, following which I'm also working on applying to Hack Reactors um, Next Chapter program, which is uh, a scholarship program where they will pay for you to, um, an individual to go through um, the Hack Reactor boot camp, and then you do a paid um, on the job apprenticeship at a tech company in San Francisco, but it's based in San Francisco. So, oh, wow. you know, I'm hoping to um, get in there and I thought so I might be re relocating, um, fortunately in the, awesome. in the future to the West coast for a bit. Um, so it's about, it's a year long program and following which we, you know, um, the last cohort, you know, the individuals, I think it was the three people, they were hired on to um, at Slack actually as software engineers and like junior developers and like build or have all been like, um, promoted or like, transition to different jobs um and so like yeah i'm hoping my goal is to become a software engineer you know that's how i got into that's why i started the co um the co-cooperative fellowship and like how now i ended up doing the work um and like it's that's still the goal so i'm working toward that i'm working to become a professional software engineer oh one really really fun interesting thing right 
that happened was I found, I, saw, I, I wound up on Netflix oh, oh, after, over the COVID, for, like during quarantine. So while I was incarcerated, I was, I was a subject, um, one of the subjects of this documentary, College, college Behind Bars. Um, which is about this college program and for the college program that I actually intended in prison and, and which through I got my degree at Bar, through Bard College. Um, and so the documentary came out last year around um, November um, and that's why I do public speaking. I travel the country and I speak about my experiences and the importance of like access to higher education for everyone. Um, and um, during this whole thing, somehow Netflix picked it up and I got it, it went on Netflix and wow. so, like, it's just been really interesting to be stuck at home and have a lot of people stuck at home and watching Netflix. And so, that's been different. That's been like, it's cool, but it's also just like, I'm I'm glad the reception is. I'm I'm glad the reception has been so great and supportive. Right? People are. are it's really opening people's eyes to the experience. Um, and just to the importance of education for everyone, right? Like the, the transformative, like how transformative edu education actually is for individuals and like why are we denying it to people, um, you know, in, in, at, such, at such high levels. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tech for Humans. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. You can tweet us at techforhumans.io or listen to all of our episodes at techforhumans.io. That's tech, the number four humans.io. Episodes are available on all major podcast platforms.